all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. All about the Savior and the promise of His Word. It's all about Jesus. Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. I just want you to know that all your pastor could ever give you is milk. If you want meat, there's an old saying that I learned years ago that I put in my notes and I didn't say it. There's an old saying years ago, the meat is in the street. And I'll show you that as we, as we get into this a bit. But the thing is, the meat is the doing of God's Word. The milk is the taking in of God's Word. Everybody needs that, especially babies, Christians. But as we grow and mature, we move from just reading it to doing it, to living it. Okay? So look at verse 13. We'll go deeper with this. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the Word of Righteousness, for he's a babe. Now wait a minute. Is, if milk is the word, how could you take milk but you're unskilled in the word of righteousness? Well, uh, it's because you're just taking in information but you're not using the information. So here's your next fill-in. I want to make sure you get this. Your next fill-in is, the readers of this letter did not necessarily lack information. That's your word. The readers didn't lack information concerning righteousness. They lacked experience in practicing the information that they had. So here's your next two fill-ins that really say it all. Maturity comes from practice. Maturity comes from practice. You don't grow. It's, it's like somebody who watches. Pick your favorite sport. You know, somebody's watching basketball. Oh, I'm getting better and better at this because I watch all the games. You don't get better by watching it. You get better by playing the game, okay? Whatever sport, whatever activity, whatever challenge, you don't get good by just watching them. You, you might think now you know all about it. Uh, you know, I, I love watching the martial arts or boxers, and it's like, whoa, wow. It's like, I'm no better of a boxer or a martial artist because I've watched a lot of that stuff. Believe me, don't test me on it, okay? I'll get hurt. But you, you mature from practice. And verse 14 actually clarifies this or, or confirms this truth. Look at verse 14. But solid food, or meat, as some of your Bibles might say, belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use, who underline that word use, by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So here it is, when you look up the word use, even in the Greek there, it actually means it could be translated habit or practice or use. It's only, by the way, that Greek word's only used once in the whole New Testament, but the, I have the definition before me, and it actually means practice. It could be a habit, whether mind or, uh, mind or body, or it could be power acquired by custom and practice. 
and use. The, this practice covers everything from simple obedience to the Lord. You know, how do I practice? How do I practice what I read in the Bible? Well, when it tells you to repent, you repent. When it tells you the things that are, are, are sins, you turn from it and you repent. It, it could apply to acts of sharing your faith, obeying God's commands. It could apply to, oh, it says I should pray. You know, have you ever, maybe you've done this. I've known people who love to read books on prayer. Why don't you just pray? <laughs> we're reading, we're going through a series right now, reading books on prayer. You know what? You get better at prayer by praying, Amen. not by reading books on prayer. You get better at sharing your faith by sharing your faith. You don't just read books on, now, books might give you good tips, but it's the practice of our faith that makes it all real. Worship. You know what? We're born to worship. That's one of the reasons I, we've just recently made a change to bring in some homegrown worship and we're moving in a new path right now to move forward to the next thing that God has for us. Is worship is the, is the occupation of heaven. When you, you better be good at worship when you get to heaven. Well, I've, I've heard people singing before. Huh, sounds better up here. No, you've got to be hitting the, I was, I was going to say hit the dirt. No, you hit the gold. You get on your knees and you'll be worshiping. You know what? Worship is the occupation of heaven. You better learn to worship now because that's practicing your faith. So practicing your faith is everything from just repenting from sin when God calls something sin to, to the spiritual gifts to all the ways that you can make faith real. What they, we call it putting feet on your faith. Okay? So I remember there was a story back in John chapter 4. When Jesus met the woman at the well, you've all heard this story. And Jesus was great, by the way, if you ever read, want to know a great, some great principles of how to witness, read John chapter 4 of how Jesus witnessed to the woman at the well. But anyway, the part I want to tell you about is, as Jesus is speaking to the Good Samaritan, I mean, she wasn't the Good Samaritan, <laughs> the Samaritan woman who the Jews hated, the disciples came because they went shopping. They brought lunch. They just come back from Burger King, and here they are with the bags. And it, no, it wasn't Burger King. They had a, a McDavid sandwich. Okay, so anyway, so they're coming back with food for Jesus, and it says this in John four thirty four. And I want you to pay attention because this is where I get some of my doctrine on what meat is, what milk is. It says in John chapter four verse thirty one. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, "Rabbi, eat." But he said to them, I have food to eat, which you do not know. And in the King James says, I have meat to eat. Either way, it's the sustenance, it's the deep stuff. It's what really feeds my soul. Jesus says, I've got something to eat that you don't even know about. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to him, this is it, oh, pay attention. My food or my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You want to know what meat is spiritually? Doing God's will. I'd never understand it when somebody has, they go to church regularly and yet they're living in sin. Something's wrong there. They're living, they're going to church regularly and they love to take notes, they love to listen, but they're not doing anything with their life to serve the Lord. Something's wrong. Jesus says, you want to grow spiritually? You want to get the meat of the word? Do something with what you know. 
Okay, so this is it. John chapter 4, this is the, the key verse that the Lord began to speak to me years ago about this, that the meat is in the street. My will, oh God, excuse me, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, okay? So don't ever complain that your pastor doesn't give you meat. You know, I'm, I, as an assistant pastor, I was an assistant pastor for 27 years. I thought I'd live and die as an assistant, but the Lord pulled a fast one on me. And here's the thing. I used to always have to defend my pastors because there's always people who think they're deep. There's always people who go, oh, yes, uh, the pastor, he's just giving us milk. Yes, I like to get into the meat of the word. And I'd like to say, really, what are you doing? Oh, no, I'm studying the Greek and Hebrew and I'm going through theology classes. No, that's not the meat of the word. The meat is in the street. You want to go deeper? Start taking what you know and start using it for his glory. You want to go deeper? Start sharing your faith. Start using the spiritual gifts. Start teaching. Start doing something with what you know because that's the meat. The meat is in the street, okay? It's just one of those things that the Lord taught me years ago. And so here, here's something. I've, I found a series of questions, and each one starts out with, have you become a babe? And I'm, I'm, I'll just tell you, I stole this from David Gusek. I've changed some of it. But the main outline I've stolen from David Gusek, he says this. Have you become a babe? Instability and basic understandings of doctrine, tossed to and fro by every wave of uh, wind of doctrine. Uh, a babe, have you become a babe? Need to be fed milk or you won't eat on your own. Babies are handed from one person to another. Do you jump from church to church on whims? Or... Let's look at Ephesians chapter, like I told you, I'm squeezing some stuff in here. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 of the difference between being a babe and being spiritually mature. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 says this, and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Let me stop there. Because for years, I've heard this doctrine that people love to brag, especially Pentecostal churches like to do this. They say, we've got the five-fold ministry in our church. That's right. Right here in verse 11, we've got apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. We've got the five-fold ministry. We're full gospel, right? Have you ever heard that before? Well, let me tell you something. The five-fold ministry is short one. Because it says uh, in Ephesians 4, 11, follow me, it says that God has given some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but look at verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Who are the saints? Yeah, could you point to a saint? Yeah, that's right, blame somebody else. You know what? The fivefold ministry doctrine is selling you short. Because the reason why God puts pastors and teachers and evangelists, the reason why God raises up spiritual leadership is to equip the rest of the church for the work of the ministry. And guess who's supposed to be doing the majority of the ministry? <laughs> you. That's what the Bible says. It's like, well, we watch our pastor. He does the work of the ministry. No. You know what your pastor, according to the Bible, according to Ephesians 4, you know what the pastor is supposed to be doing? Training you to do the work of the ministry. Boy, that multiplies the ministry. If, if I'm training you to do the work of the ministry and you're actually taking notes and doing it and not just studying and learning stuff, but you're actually learning to do stuff, 
ministry is multiplied a hundredfold and more because you take what you learn as we gather and you go out there and apply it to your life and that's the meat of the word, guys. That's the meat is in the street, okay? Now, I didn't finish reading it, but let's, let's look at what maturity looks like as this process happens. It says in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That means if you're doing your job, we're building one another up. It's not just the pastor doing it. You should be building one another up. Oh, look at the next thing. It says, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith. If we keep growing and we're all growing closer to Jesus, we all should be getting closer to one another. You know, that triangle? And that creates unity. Oh, I don't know if I've ever seen such disunity in the church over the last couple of years from politics to COVID to vaccines to whatever. And people divide over everything. They fight over everything. You know what? If you keep it all about Jesus, mm, we'll have unity. That's why I'm always telling you it's all about Jesus. Unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Who are we supposed to learn to get to know better? Jesus. Because it's all about? Jesus. See, I got you brainwashed. That's a good, it's a good thing. Okay. So the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should be no longer children. Okay? Because if you're not doing all this, we're just babies. That we should no longer be children, and what are children like? As David Gusek said this one, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness and the deceitful plotting, but instead speaking the truth in love. And I love this phrase because some people are all into truth, but they got no love. Other people are all into love. Love. We should love one another. And we drop all the doctrine, right? You know what true Christianity is? Truth and love. We teach the truth of God's word, but we teach it in love, and that's the balance. And then as long as we do that, we're doing good. And then we may grow up. I capitalized that. Did I capitalize that there? I did. Capitalized it. Because that's what God wants us to do is grow up. That's, don't stay children. That we should grow up in all things unto him who's the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which... Wait, look at this in the next line. By the effect of working by which every part does its share. Yeah, I did highlight it there. What's every part? Could you point to one of the parts? That means what a healthy church should be. We're studying the word so that we might live the word. And every part, every one of us are doing our part. Oh, no, no, my job is to come to church. The pastor does the work. Well, I don't mind doing the work. Whatever the Lord has me to do, I want to do it. I actually don't want to do more than he wants me to do. And I don't want to do less than he wants me to do. I want to serve and I want to do my part. But we all have parts to do. Okay? So this is true ministry. Is that the pastor is training, the spiritual leaders are training the saints for the work of the ministry. If next time somebody says five-fold ministry to you, say, uh-uh-uh. Six-fold ministry. If your church has five-fold ministry, something wrong. It needs to get that sixth one in our, or it's not working right because the, the church leaders don't do all the work. Okay, now, by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. What's that mean? Building ourselves up and it's all in love. Not, oh, you take that word love out and that's what a cult looks like. You better go door to door. 
Did you do this today? Did you read your Bible? Did you go through your motions? Did you do your ritual? I mean, that's what cults do. Edifying itself in guilt and obligations, right? Folks, I will show you when the Bible tells you you should do something. I'll show you when the Bible says you need to repent from something. I'm not going to shy away from that. But you know what? It's all because God loves you. He wants you to love him back. He wants you to love one another. And everything we do should be mortified, motivated by love. Edifying itself in love. And now, let me go back to Gusek's outline. Have you become a babe? Are you spiritually stunted? Here's some more other things he said that I thought was really interesting. Babes are divisive in their Christian life. They're selfish. Babes each have their own crib and they stick, to, uh, they stick to it and their spiritual babes have particular denominations or churches that say, mine, mine. That's a baby, okay? Oh, I like that. David Gusek has some. Have you become a babe? Perhaps you're starstruck by Christian celebrities of one kind or another. Thanks, David. I needed to hear that. Because babies are focused on one particular person, their mother. And spiritual babes glory in men. Remember what Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 1.12? I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, and I'm, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a, I'm a Calvary Chapelite. We're at the top. Shut up. That's all spiritual immaturity. That's baby stuff. Okay, I'll read on. He's got a couple more here. Have you become a babe? Perhaps you're spiritually asleep. Babies need a lot of sleep. And spiritual babies spend much of their time spiritually asleep. You know what that is? That, when you're asleep, you're spiritually oblivious to what's going on around you and what the Lord is saying and everything else. There's, a sleeping baby is not alert and not taking in what's happening around them. Have you become a babe? One more, okay? Have you become a babe? Perhaps you're fussy and cranky with others. Right? What do you, somebody pointed? Okay. Babies can be cranky and spiritual babies will fuss over every little thing. Mm, mm, mm. When I read that, I thought back over the last couple of years, actually the, all the years we've been at Calvary Chapel uh, Eagle, I've seen people who I thought were so mature and then all of a sudden, well, I don't like anything. You notice I'm not letting you hear the words what they're saying? Because you might know who I'm talking about. I'm talking through my nose. You can practice that at home. Anyway, spiritual babies always have something to complain about. And how come you don't do this? And why not that? We need to keep it all about Jesus. So let's read today's text once more in the New Living Translation, as I'm always pointing you to that. I love the New Living Translation, uh, starting with verse 11. There's much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you're spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now. You know, by the way, I didn't tell you, but from some of my studies, I found that some professors believe that these Christians could have been Christians by 30, for 30 years or more. You know, that it could be less, but as, as long as 30 years old in the Lord, okay? And, and you've been believers so long now that you, you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. 
do. You know that word do? Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Boy, oh boy. Oh, look, at, look what I did. Okay. Do you, do you major in the minors? Do you make a big deal out of little deals, little things? Are you driven by fleshy thoughts and motives? Grow up. Keep it about Jesus. Keep your life about knowing God's word, that you might know his will, that you might live his will, that you might do his will. Huh? So grow up and focus on what's important to God. Let's look again at verse 14. But solid food, and I'm back in the New King James, solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I notice there's words here by use and exercise. Here's the thing. Uh, we need to get our head in the game. Not just watch the game. We need to get in the game. We need to be active in ministry. We all need to serve the Lord. If there's not a way that you're serving the Lord, you should think, well, I don't want to just be a pew sitter. I know, we don't have pews, we have chairs. Okay, so you need to go, you know what, Lord, show me what you want me to do. And by the way, I'm always praying that. Because for almost 10 years, I took teams door to door on Saturday, and I loved it because I need it. It's good for me. I, I did convalescent ministry for another 10 years. I did all these different ministries, and it was good for me because I was doing God's will. I was caring about the things God cared about. Now, COVID shut down a lot of that, and now it's time to start back up again. I really want to start a door-to-door team again. If you're interested, let me know. But I want to see, God, what do you have for me? I want to not just know your, know your word. I want to live your word. And so, as you stay active in godly service, you become keen to spiritual things. That's what verse 14 is saying. Interesting. One commentator, Meyer, said this. We may sharpen our senses by use. When I was in the tea trade, I don't know anybody who's in the tea trade anymore. This is an older commentary. Uh, my sense of touch and taste and smell became acute to discern quite minute differences. We need a similar acuteness in discerning good and evil. As I read this commentator, I thought, well, my son-in-law used to work for Starbucks. And he was one of the black aprons. I don't even know that. That's a high promoted. You get to wear the black apron because you could take any coffee bean, smell it, taste it, you go, oh, that's Colombian, and that's grown over here. You could drink a cup of coffee, and you know, how do you do it? You, you know, get the right way to sip it, so you get the air in there and it makes, oh, yeah, yeah that's Peruvian coffee. And they, they just were so involved that they knew by taste, by experience. And God wants us to be that keen spiritually. You know, I've heard other stories about bankers, how they are trained to recognize counterfeits. Is you, you handle the real, handle the real, handle the real. All of a sudden one comes past, that feels different. It's a counterfeit. And so by experience, by doing, we become keen spiritually. Now, next week we're going to get into some real tough stuff. But you've got to understand this all flows together. By the time we get to Hebrews 6, I might take a long time in Hebrews 6 because I got a lot to say and a lot to look at. But the bottom line right now, what God wants to say to us is grow up. 
Don't stop moving forward. Don't stop growing spiritually. Don't just be a, a pewer, but be a doer. That's what I used to say, but now we don't have pews. Uh, don't just be a listening, listener to God's word, but be a, a, a doer of God's word. And the best way you could grow spiritually, you know, we, we do our Acts 2.42. We've, uh, we've changed the name now, our midweek, but that's continuing and steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, in prayer. You're actively doing things. And, and, the, and, and find a way to actively serve the Lord, okay? Now, I know you got one more fill-in, and we got communion. By the way, if you didn't get communion yet, we've got a table back there, and, and uh, we're going to have communion together in just about one minute, okay? But here's your last fill-in. The best way to stay spiritually healthy is to stay spiritually active. You know, I think it's just like everyday life. I think somebody who does nothing but sit around all day you start getting, what's happening to me? You know, I don't, that's why I really fear for truck drivers and office workers that they don't. And by the way, if you just go to the gym for 20 minutes, that's not going to make up for eight hours of sitting, right? So God help us to stay active. To be, matter of fact, when I used to work in the office a lot, I had one of those yoga balls that you sit on. And, and then I'd get up and walk every now and then. I'd sit back on my yoga ball, you know. And, and so you've got to find ways to stay moving. Keep moving. You stop moving, you freeze up. You know, you know that physically, right? That's why some of you are real strict with exercise and staying active, eating right and doing push-ups. Whatever you do, you've got to stay active or your body just naturally atrophies. It's the same thing spiritually. If you just go to church on Sunday but you don't find a way to serve the Lord with your life, you will spiritually atrophy. It's not good. We'll continue looking at this as we move through chapter 6 and onward. But right now we're going to have communion. Father, we bow before you. And I pray that you have your way in our lives. Lord, we want to worship you. We want to seek your face. We want to know your will. Lord, I pray that you make us a people who don't just go to church and go through the motions but that we live the Christian life. And I know, Lord, thank you that you're showing me. It's really, it comes down to two words, faith and love. I thank you, Lord. I needed to hear that this morning when I woke up. You showed me, you reminded me. It's everything I do has to be done in love, not out of obligation or guilt or commitment, but it's out of love. Lord, help us all to be people who walk in faith and walk in love, and we stay active spiritually all because we're walking in faith and love. Here I pray. Let's dim the light. Jesus, He's the resurrection, the love of We hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.